Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. Welcome back to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. I'm Dallas Travers, and today we're going to talk about discovery sessions, sales calls, connection calls, enrollment conversations, quick chats. There are about a million, right? Different ways to describe that initial session you have with a prospective client before they hire you. And if we're being honest, those calls can feel like a thorn in our sides. We love coaching, but selling, not so much. So my guest today is Kate Farrell. She's a brilliant coach who helps motivated artists earn money from their work. You see, Kate's clients, they've got a lot of talent, a ton of creativity, but what they lack is a structure as well as an authentic process to connect and engage with the people like gallery owners who can show their work or investors who can buy their art. That's what Kate helps them do. Her work allows artists to get the recognition they deserve and make the money they need doing creative work that they love. So what I love about our conversation today is that Kate is actually coming up against many of the same fears and obstacles her clients face when it comes to selling her services. From rigid coaching packages, undercharging, and inconsistent follow-through, Kate and I solve the problems that block most coaches from discovery sessions that convert really well and actually feel fun. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and this is the show to listen to if you're a coach and you want the freedom, the confidence, and the impact that comes with a six-figure business. Each week, we'll discuss tangible strategies, simple systems, plus the juicy inner work to help you make more money and help more people. So thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Kate, thank you so much for volunteering for the show. I'm excited to dig into our conversation today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's just get started. Fill our listeners in on your business. I want to know who you serve. Tell me a little bit about the, like, the shape of things and then what you want to walk away with from our time together today. Okay, sure. Um, my name is Kate Farrell, and um, I work with artists to set up simple ways for them to make more money, sell more of their work, uh, get more exhibitions. We leverage what they currently have and um, bring in some strategy so that they never feel salesy or pushy or like they're doing something outside what they really want to be doing. Um, And the process opens up so many doors to opportunities and confidence. And it's so much fun. So much fun. It's not, it doesn't feel hard when we're doing it. It just feels like a lot of fun. Um, And so uh, what I'm hoping to talk about today a little bit is the client process of um, a a process that you recommend, the surge, Mm -hmm. uh, client surge, and um, connecting with people. I do love um, giving back to the community and participating in the community, and I love the client surge process because it allows me to do that really well, Um, and even with people that, you know, might not be a fit for my 
bigger services. This is a great way to help people, especially right now when artists yeah. have had kind of a rough year. So yeah, great. Great. I can imagine working. Oh, I, I used to work with artists, right, in a past life. And I can imagine the fulfillment that comes from working with a client for you and just seeing them get out of their own way enough to really sell, right? And to stop living in that bubble of, well, I'm an artist and the art and commerce, m- never the two shall meet, right? I can imagine right. how fun that is for you to see when that breakthrough happens. Definitely. All right. So we're going to talk about your client creation flow today. In particular, we will dive into sales conversations because as coaches, it's our favorite thing to do, right? We all love selling. (laughs) Um, I actually am a total nerd for selling. So I think we'll be able to fine tune your process so you feel as comfortable selling your services as you help your clients feel selling their art. All right. So I know you had a couple of, before we get into the mindset or some of the the strategies around sales calls, let's get really clear first on your offerings, because I know you had a couple questions around that. So walk us through your offerings, and I want to address the questions that you had. Okay. So my offerings to work with clients, um, I typically work with clients in a one-to-one um, coaching uh, engagement for three to six months. Mm-hmm. Um And we meet, you know, for the first three weeks of the month, the fourth week is a week off by design. So people can start to learn how to do these habits on their own and just get in in the habit of it. Um, I do also um, a number of workshops throughout the year where I am partnering typically with other um, organizations and um, I'm offering different professional development types of workshops for groups um, through other mostly arts organizations. Okay, great. But in terms of your private practice, because that's the big priority, you work with clients one-to-one and they can either enroll in a three-month contract or a six-month contract? Correct. Okay, great. Awesome. All right, let's dig into, what questions do you have around the way your packages are currently? Um, the, the biggest thing is that, um, well, it's, it's a probably more of a thought work type of thing, but, you know, most clients get a lot more of it when they sign up for six months, because at the three month mark, they're really just starting to get totally. traction. Um, but I know that's a big, that's a big, uh, it's a big thing for people to bite off sometimes uh, monetarily, but also um, being a coach for artists, a business coach for artists. Um, most people don't know that exists. You know, a lot of uh-huh. artists just have no idea that it exists. So in order to, to kind of like convince themselves that this would be a good idea to sign it for six months. Not everyone sees that right away. And so oftentimes I will work with people for three months at a time and they go, okay, let me implement the stuff I've learned. Um, But I know they can go further. They often know they can go further too. Um, But I like to work with people primarily for six months because we get so much more done. They get so much more done. They see a lot more momentum. Got it. And so I thought my next question was going to be around your retention rate. How, and if you don't know the numbers off the top of your head, congratulations for not being so nerdy. Um, but what percentage of three-month clients end up re, re-signing for another three months? I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I have looked at the numbers before. I'm going to say right now, maybe 
feels low right now. I'm going to say like 25%, maybe 20%. Okay. Okay. That's interesting to me. And, and I might be wrong. I, I might be wrong. Okay, great. Hold on one second, Kate. I'm a mess. I was hearing like a little bzz, bzz on my stand, so I moved this. So let me just note. <clears throat> okay, great. So the reason I asked what your retention rate was is sometimes the hardest session to say yes to for a client is the first one, right? And once they're in the process with you, continuing on is a no-brainer. But what I'm sensing based on what you just shared is by offering a three-month package, you're planting the seed that our work in three months will be finished, which is why even if people would get value, they've almost decided that continuing on is not an option. So this is not the case for every coaching business. And for our listeners and for you, Kate, you know your clients better than I do. But I think it's important. I think the way in which we talk about our work with our clients is very important. When a private client hires me, in my mind, we're together forever. Even if I have an, a year-long, I don't have a year-long contract, that's not how I work because I know we're going to get in the flow and we're going to want to stay together. So I'm not planting any seeds, allowing the client to assume that there's an end. Because truthfully, there is an end when our work feels complete or we're just like oil and vinegar. So I would almost suggest, so what I heard you say was, it's at that 90-day mark where people really start getting traction. So it's almost a disservice to only offer them 90 days. Yeah. So I just wonder if there's, and at the same time, offering them a longer term is a bigger barrier to entry. Like a lot of them won't even get into 90 days if you're asking them to commit to six months. Artists don't think that far in advance often. It's just a lot to, I've never coached before and now I'm going to spend six months with you, three weeks a month for six months in a row. What? Like that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I wonder if there's a different way to package this where we could do, just to brainstorm, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts. You could call it like a 90-day on-ramp or the 90-day ramp-up or the 90-day foundation or a word that would resonate with your clients. And the way you language it is, we're going to get, I work with clients on a month-to-month -month basis. I ask that we commit to at least 90 days because that is where you will start to see traction. My clients who get the most value and whose, whose careers skyrocket are with me for six months or longer. But you and I, we're going to play that by ear. So then they're just, they sign a, up for a monthly subscription that auto renews until they tell you otherwise. You've also planted the seed that you may not see a lot in the first 90 days. And the longer you stay, the more you will see in terms of results. How does that languaging land for you? The languaging lands um, very well. Um, I definitely feel like it's my own thoughts yes. around it. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Right. You know, because yeah. it makes me nervous. Like I really want um, artists to see the return on investment mm-hmm. um, as quickly as possible. And for some artists that happens faster than others. Um, mm. And so, you know, I feel a little bit like, um, and I can't have, I don't have any guarantees on that. I'm not the one doing the right, work. You're going right? to the, their house, logging into their computer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I have recently had that epiphany. It's like something, you know, but I have had the epiphany. I feel it now that, you know, coaching is enough. I don't have to have a program with an end result, right? A goal coaching is yeah. enough. Like, and yeah. I see that with my clients who do the best work. They, they take what we do. They ask me questions. It is literally coaching. I'm coaching them on the ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Best way, most effective, um, the fastest ways, uh, the, the ways that are most streamlined, you know, and they go and do it. And I don't have to write the email for them. I don't yeah. have to write the press release for them or the blog post for them. Mm-hmm. Um, when they go and do it, that's great. Now, granted, I do review things. I'm really good with communications, typically. Um, so I can be really helpful in that regard. But so that coaching yes. versus having an end result in the coaching, yep. you know, I, I don't know how many people are going to join your list because I'm not the one who like, for some people it goes a little faster. Some people it's more fun. Some people it's less fun, you know, like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you're positioning this as like, we customize a plan for you, which is why there's no minimum commitment. Now I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that we should both expect to work together for at least 90 days. But we're going to go as quickly or as slowly as you want. So I think what I heard you say was, oh, this feels like by telling them 90 days, what they may hear is, you mean I'm going to be with you for three whole months before anything changes? Is that accurate? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're thinking on that front. Okay. Okay. But what is your fear around it? My fear around it is that they won't see a result. Like, I really want them to feel the value once we're in it, but I really, you know, I'm dedicated and committed to helping them. So I really want them to feel and see the tangible results. Great. Um, yes. So you, what you mean to say is you actually care about delivering <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and you're invested in your client's progress and happiness. Oh yeah. That's way too much, Kate. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another suggestion. I hope we're not getting too off track because I know we wanted to talk about sales calls. But let me just summarize for our listeners. Number one, a lot of coaches, especially one-on-one coaches, especially newer coaches, make the mistake of getting totally distracted by these packages according to timeline. And sometimes the motivation there is, I'm afraid if I don't have a client sign up for a big year-long or six-month or three-month package, they're going to leave right away, which is just like a rookie mistake. It's fear. When has coaching never produced some sort of transformation? And then the other is just sort of this pressure that it needs to be formalized. Like I'm, this is a business. I have to make it formal and have these packages. And I have found often that timeline packages for one-on-one clients work against you and work against the client. Mm. The exception to this often is health coaching Um, because clients come in hiring a health coach because they want to fit into their skinny jeans Health coaches, their focus is totally different. They want the client to stop caring about fitting in their skinny jeans. <laughs> so, but other than that, most one-to-one coaching services can be very simple. We set an expectation. 
right? Like 90 days is when people start to really hit their stride. And boy, after six months, you're cruising. But let's take this one month at a time. Your clients will stay longer. I would be willing to bet money on that. Okay. I'm, so how, I'm open mm-hmm. to trying that. Okay. I'm open to trying that. And and I do like the wording that you've just shared around that. I definitely feel like that um, is in alignment with what I do. And it's also pretty much in alignment. I do tell my clients, like, we're going to work together. We're going to develop a plan. And then we're going to work the plan, you know, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, and we're just going to work the plan. <laughs> right, right. And it's up to you how quickly we move. Right. right. I'm here to serve you. And it's up to you how quickly we move. Good. Okay. Um, great. So you're open to trying those packages. Tweak the language, like get really clear on the language. And then inside the Six Figure Coach Club Facebook group, tag me. I'd love to just sort of see a version of a script or what you, how you plan to position that. Is that just something make- that I would also be able to share on my, um, my work with me page? Would I describe yeah. it in the same way? You could. I feel like we can get so caught up in the details. Yeah, too much people, detail. People don't care about the details. They care about selling more art without feeling sleazy about it. They care about getting into a gallery. So the, how you get them there is, 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 is irrelevant. Okay, perfect. And often too much information is, serves as another obstacle. Okay. Okay. All right. So do you feel clear enough now on your offerings to shift and talk about um, issues that are coming up for you around your sales calls? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Tell us what's going on with your sales calls. Um, so currently on the sales calls, um, I, my goal is never to have a script per se, because I think scripts are great examples and I love them for that reason, but I improvise way too much. I'm not that person who's going to memorize a script. I never recommend anyone memorize a script that leads to failure in all of my past experience, helping people with their interviews, et cetera. Um, but as long as I know my points, I can touch my points. If I've got three points to touch, I can do that and have a meaningful conversation. But having said that, um, you have some lovely ways of <laughs> talking to, to potential clients and current clients um, about working together. So I really appreciate the thought that you have that goes into that and your approach to that. Um, I guess for me, my client calls, um, I am, I want to say less used to doing, to being successful uh, with a free discovery call with the client Mm -hmm. and turning them into a client, or I should say with the prospect and turning them into a client. Um, And I think, you know, I have some assessments on where I think I can improve definitely, but, um, you know, I will forget to invite them to work with me. (laughs) That's happened. Um, also, you know, I will get in their wallet. I've been, I've tried not to get in their wallet. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm much better at that than I used to be for sure. Um, but you know, sometimes those thoughts creep in and you're just like, what did I just say to this person? You know, wait a minute, why am I in their wallet? Like it just came out of my mouth. Like I knew right away, like that, why? Um, yeah. Yeah. I've done that before where (laughs) 
early on in my coaching practice talking to a complete stranger. So I don't know this person. We're in this discovery session and I hear myself saying it. And as I'm saying it, I can't stop and I'm already judging it. But it's something like my price, I'll just make math easy. My price is $100, but for you, I can do 75. It's like, for you, why? Because her hair is red? Like, that's all you know about this person. What are you doing? Yeah, I totally hear you. So a couple of things I heard here. Number one, you're, you are finding that free discovery sessions, the leads aren't as qualified. It's harder for you to convert on free sessions, right? You don't have to do free sessions. So we can talk about what, what uh, um, either how to change the structure of your free sessions so that people feel invested in some way or what does charging for it look like. Um, you at the end can forget to present the invitation. <laughs> forget, air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and then just the regular mindset stuff that often comes up around, can they afford it? And uh, I don't want to take from struggling artists. And what I really want to do is just help people. That whole story that as coaches, most of us battle with. Great. Mm, Kate, it makes sense to me for us to start with this obstacle around free discovery sessions, bringing in less qualified people. Before we dive into that, I want to just catch our listeners up on the model we practice inside the Six Figure Coach Club so everybody has context. Does that work for you? Mm -hmm. Cool. Great. So inside the club, we practice a process, everybody, called client surge. Some people then turn that into client flow so that on a monthly basis, they're just bringing in two to four easy clients. But the client surge process is basically designed for a few things. Number one... <laughs> To literally bring in a surge of leads so that you can work out all of your stuff around sales calls, right? We had Lee in the club. I don't know if you noticed, but he's been just doing client client surge calls 24-7, and he's getting very good at selling in the process. He's also getting really clear on who his dream client is and all of these other benefits. So that's one of the benefits of client surge. It's also just designed to fill your private coaching practice. And the way everyone who's listening that we do that is a pretty um, simple model of requesting referrals in a very structured way, moving people into a free coaching session where we present an offer to continue that work. So Kate, it sounds like, tell me more about the free piece and why you feel that that isn't as effective. Well, I don't think it's ever as effective, right? But if you don't have a big community to draw from you can uh, you won't get enough leads to get good at selling and streamline your dream client power statement and all of these other things. So that's why I suggest the hosting a free session first, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on wh what you're rubbing up against around that. Okay, yeah. the um, So there's probably a few things in the overlap, so I will try to untangle them a little bit so it's easier. Um, you know, I, I think it's really great to do the free sessions because it does sort of, um, because they're not just free sessions, they are also invitations to work with you. And I like that um, in the process that I'm following of yours, it's paired those things together mm -hmm. in a really kind and approachable way. Um, it's not a hard sales pitch at all, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, and, and I can have that type of conversation comfortably at that part, it, that it doesn't bother me um, to, to say, hey, you know, if you, I would like to invite you to work with me because I can see us doing this, this, and this, and it'd be really helpful to you to, to get these things done. It sounds like that's what you want 
to be doing. That's where you're headed. Um, where I got a little hung up in the first few I did, um, it had been a little while since I'd listened to your sample uh, in the group. And so um, I had a little bit kind of forgotten to invite them. But even with that, um, you know, my mind was going to the place of they've already told me they cannot afford me. So someone, when someone tells me that straight up front off the bat, I get it. And I respect that. Like, I know you don't have this, you know, a lot of cash dedicated this in your budget, just hanging around. That's what it feels like um, for them. And, and they, they want to make it clear. Like, I'm, I don't want to be sold on anything big, Kate. Like they're, they're trying to communicate to me. So I'm trying to be aware of that and listening. Um, I also know, like, I, I don't want to be in their wallet. Even if they tell me that, that might not actually, actually be accurate. Um, but it is easy to get it like entwined. Totally. So Do, let me, let's stop there for a second. Do they know the price before they've come to the call? Um, they can know the price of working with me one-on-one. It's on my website. Okay. I'm and so it's public. about it. Okay. Okay, great. It is public. Just thinking about a sales call we did the other day, someone filled in the form. And the last question is at the end of our conversation, if we feel like we can help you, we're going to invite you to join the six figure coach club. Are you prepared to join? And she said, no. And at the end of our sales call, she paid in full. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, okay. Got so it's it. not so, always true. Yeah, it's that not they can't always true. Because they just don't, if, if all I know is the price, right, there's not much I can afford. Because <laughs> I'll just, you know, make different decisions. But when I'm in the experience, right, of something, it's a totally different ballgame. But I feel what, what's coming up for you is it feels out of integrity, when they have said to you, I can't afford this, and then to ask anyhow. Is that accurate? Uh, yes. That is what where I landed or where I got a little bit hung up because I thought, well, the next best thing for this person is really to do this other much smaller package, how to confidently, confidently connect with great galleries. Um, it's at a lower price point, smaller package. And actually, mm-hmm. I was thinking I might actually turn that into an evergreen workshop that you could yep. just buy. Um, but in reality, my thought after that was, no, what would have been most helpful to her would be to do one-on-one coaching together, Mm -hmm. because I know that would catapult her so far ahead. You know, I am picturing one person specifically that I spoke with and, um, she had a really good breakthrough when we had our free session, you know? And so I was like, oh, this is awesome. And, you know, we have another meetup scheduled, which is great. And I can talk to her more about it then, um, but I'm just putting that out there, you know, yeah. like I, I definitely felt like, okay, well, she's already told me that. So then it, it sent me down this other path yeah. of selling things that would be good for her, but not as good as one-to-one coaching, you know? Yep. Um, I hear you. I yeah. do have a couple of suggestions. The first one is here's where our coaching skills come in. All right. So let's just imagine that, um, you show up to a discovery session with me. You have communicated that you do cannot afford me, right? How I would begin that session, I would go into the session assuming that they, they are there because if it's a fit, they can afford me. Otherwise, they're not going to show up. Whether that's true or not, we're making an assumption anyhow. So let's at least assume that there's an opening. Okay. Right? Then one of the first questions I would ask would be around the money. So I'm going to role play it a little bit, right? I might say something like, 
Kate, I'm really glad you're here today because we're going to talk about how to get your art in more galleries or how to increase your confidence so that you can get press coverage, whatever they've identified in their um, application. Before we dive in, I want to make sure I'm focused on the thing that's going to serve you the best. So I want to just check in because you said to me that you can't afford working with me. And I and I just wonder what the best thing to focus on. So I see three options here. The first option would be for us to stay open to working together depending on how this session goes. If that's our choice, here's how we're going to tackle the thing, right? The goal, the, the thing that you coach them around in the discovery session. Okay. The second one would be for us to look at this lower priced program that I have, it's going to be a solid first step for you. It's going to help you X, Y, Z. If that's what you want to focus on, like if that's the best fit for you, here's how our conversation is going to look. The third option is that you are really clear that there is no extra money right now to invest in advancing your art career. I want to respect that. If that's the case, let's just spend the next few minutes brainstorming actions you can take right now to put yourself in a better financial position. And then you let them choose. When I've presented it this way, maybe 5% of people say, no, really, I, I don't have money. <laughs> and then the call is five or 10 minutes long. Right. Instead of going through the motions of the discovery session, the whole time in your mind thinking, why am I going through the motions of a discovery session? They've already told me they don't want to buy from me. And what that experience does is it compounds all of the fears and weird money stuff we already have around this. So I would start the conversation as a like, choose your own adventure, right? I'm here to help you. I also want to make, and I also know that one conversation is not the best way to help you. So let's decide how we're going to frame this conversation in order to give you the biggest benefit. So how that, would it look differently yeah. if you, sorry to interrupt, how would it look differently um, if you framed it for uh, the converse, how would your conversation look different if you're talking about like, okay, you're open to the possibility of working together in a one-to-one uh, situation, sort of the highest end package that I offer, mm -hmm. or, um, I've got this, um, smaller package, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? How, how would that conversation look different? What would, would the difference be? be? Yeah. yeah. Not much. Okay. But now at least, you know, you've gotten permission to sell to them. Okay. All right. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. It's really just for you so that you know where you stand and you're using your time wisely while also being completely of service. Perfect. So for everyone listening, this involves, even with free sessions, even with the client surge model, right? On whatever intake form you're using, letting them know that you're going to, if you feel like it's a fit, you're going to invite them to continue this work together. And then maybe for you, it's like on a scale of one to 10, how open are you to exploring that? Okay. And I think that's a great way to do it too on the yeah. on a, a questionnaire if they fill yeah. that out in advance. Yeah. We just we plant the seed for the sale, for the invitation, right? So that you don't feel so so that you can't any longer forget to invite because you've already told them you're going to, right? But right. Also they don't feel 
guarded, like, okay, this is a free session. So what's the catch? And I need to be on my toes here because they could try to sell me something. Now everybody knows what's happening. And regardless, uh, they're going to get value. Even if it's a 10-minute conversation, giving them one tip or sharing a free resource. Now, once you have a full client roster and leads coming in, then people who aren't ready, they don't come into a sales call. But there's so much value having sales calls with every variety of artists right now because it helps you figure out where there are gaps in your process. Today's episode is brought to you by Flawless Free Sessions, which is the proven, authentic process to help you get clients without selling. So if you feel allergic to enrollment calls or you turn into an awkward robot anytime you have to actually sell, you need this guide because it's going to teach you how to kick your sessions off from the beginning with honesty and integrity so clients don't feel guarded and you don't feel sleazy. You'll also learn the single most important sentence to say in every discovery session. This is a total game changer. You're going to learn the big mistake even veteran coaches make that ultimately turns people off. And of course, you'll learn how to let go of the pressure to sell and still be able to fill your coaching calendar. We're talking about selling inside this very episode and Flawless Free Sessions will help you take what you learned today even further. You can download this guide absolutely free at FlawlessFreeSessions.com. With it, you won't have to worry about being salesy ever again. And now back to the episode. Okay, so I love getting the permission to sell to them early on up front in, in whatever you set up. And um, everyone I've tried that with so far has been like, yeah, of course, like right. easy. Yeah, no, no problem. So, um, which is great. Um, so another sort of question around this is, um, you know, doing a discovery session leading into a higher, I'm going to call it a higher end. Not everybody would call this tie-in, but for me, my high-end package, one-to-one coaching, um, that could be a leap. Not everybody says yes right away. I know Mm -hmm. statistically for sales, you need what, like seven to 12 touches before someone says, yes, I want to purchase from you because they want to get to know you. They want to get to like you. A lot of these folks have no idea who I am. If they're being referred to me from somewhere else, from someone else, they're not Mm -hmm. in my circles. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess I was wondering, and this was one of the questions I had about the process. Um, am I really setting myself up for one-to-one sales with this process? If people are coming to me from outside of my community now, granted, I have sold to people with one phone call many times before, but it just kind of felt almost like a stretch, you know, like a a big ask to Mm -hmm. sell to someone in one call when they don't know me at all. They have no idea how awesome I am. <laughs> you know, like they don't know. They just don't know me. They're, they're not yeah. familiar with me or, or if, they, if they'd like to work with me, you know? Yeah. Great. So I have a couple of things around this. The first one is client, this model is also a list building strategy. So anyone who comes in and has a sales call with you and you're a complete stranger to them, they're on your list. They're getting high value content from you on a weekly basis. They're getting re-invited to work with you every six to eight weeks. So like, let's take the pressure off. Let's aim for a 20 to 25% conversion rate. But I think it's, um, it's like two different issues, right? Because they're not ready to buy the first time they meet you. 
I can't think of a better first point of contact with a coach than a session like this. So these are very warm leads. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Number two, they may not know you. They know the pain that they are in creating this beautiful art for the world and not being seen. That is painful. So they are familiar enough with that gap that maybe they don't need to know you. I think that, and there are just different styles of people. I'm such a quick start. My husband and I are thinking about moving and and like this morning he's named a different city. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. Now we're moving there and I'm packing my bags. I'm too much of a quick start. It's very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) But quick starts like me, it's like that this all made sense. And yes, here's a problem I want to solve. And I'm a yes. Then there are other people who are extreme fact finders and it's going to take them two years before they're ready. But instead of assuming what they have to trust is you, No, what they have to trust is the possibility of their goal. So how well are you communicating the potential for them in these sales calls? And when you're really leaning in, and I don't mean to, like we're not driving the knife into their chest when I say leaning into pain, but really helping them see the gap, right? And be in the gap and believe in the solution They don't have to know you from Adam. So for all of us, this is just a small shift in focus. We think that we are the thing that our clients hire. The thing our clients hire is the outcome we help them accomplish. That makes a lot of sense. A whole lot of sense. And hopefully it takes some pressure (laughs) off of you. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, there's, I think leaning into that outcome is great because honestly, how, how often have we thought in, in whatever area where we hit a bump in the road, we're looking for a solution. If someone showed up with the solution, you'd be really happy to hear them say, here's the possibility I see for you. You know, like I can see with what you already have, you could do this, this, and this, and that would probably be not that hard for you to figure out. Right. Yeah. Like and it's super fact, helpful. I have, I have other people who were exactly where you are and they have accomplished this thing. Yeah. You don't have to figure it out. That part's been taken care of. So I'm going to, so I think even just with that mindset shift, you'll see a difference, but also where can you lean in to the gap, right? The pain that they're in and the potential that you see. This is why naming your process is so super valuable. Even if you and I both know, if you're working with clients one-on-one, there is no process, They're leading the way. They're going to have their own stuff come up. You're helping them, but there's no formalized step one, step two, step three. We do also know, though, that there are certain milestones or certain boxes that need to be ticked, even if it's not in a required chronological order. It's those boxes that need to be ticked that deserve a name. Naming your process helps potential clients believe wholeheartedly in the solution. Yeah. 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 I haven't, I don't think, I don't think I've consciously named the parts yeah. of my process. Yeah. We can work um, on that in the club, but just, and it, yeah. it, it just doesn't have to be a fancy name. Right. But like I take artists through the artists, like ka-ching. Oh, please. Your artists will hate this. Like the ka-ching art <laughs> solution. <laughs> Do not use that, but just any, even like the Kate Farrell method. 
Oh, so you mean a name for the overall mm-hmm. process, not mm-hmm. the individual bits and pieces. Okay. Yeah. Well, we want to eventually get into that. Okay. Right. So that when you're talking about the potential you see for them, there's a framework. Yeah. So um, the domino effect, I know mm-hmm. it's every, that's what, um, that's we, where we landed we right? about. Yeah. Um, and that may or may not be a great name for it, but that's where it was. Um, so that, and it seems kind of accurate, the domino yep. effect where one, one action leads to the next. Yeah. So you make your way through. Yeah. yeah. So imagine being in a discovery session and saying, you know, what we practice is the domino effect. Here are all of the dominoes. They don't have to go in. You decide what order we put them in. But as soon as each, as soon as one domino gets handled, it has an immediate effect on the next one. That's the one we focus on. And then that affects the next. And it's this beautiful uh, process where you just get so, where you get true, true traction. That compared to, I'm going to work with you one-on-one and we will go at your pace. It's, if you make it more concrete, it's easier for colder leads to believe in their own potential. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the gap then that you're talking about. That's the gap. Um, Okay. So let me just, I want to make sure this really sinks in. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of really tying up, you know, typically I would like to have one clear thing for them to work on as a result of our conversation um, so that they can go and do that. And they get the experience of working with me in a small way, but it, I think it makes it too tidy. Totally. Totally. So let's talk about the client surge model for uh, for a second again. So I believe as coaches, anyone who's giving you the advice that you should not coach in your discovery sessions is high because people are investing in coaching. Why would you like, would I buy a pair of jeans that without trying them? If I'm in the store, right, I'm going to try the jeans on before I buy them. Duh. (laughs) Um, remember when we used to go in stores and try on jeans? (laughs) Uh, um, So you have to give people the experience of the thing they're going to invest in. It doesn't make any sense not to, but there's a difference between coaching in a discovery session and coaching in a client session. In the client session, there are action steps and there is accountability. In a coaching session, the action steps get verbalized just a little bit differently. So it might look something like this. Okay, so as we continue this work together, here's the next thing we'll focus on. I'll show you how to do X. You'll learn Y. And that way you'll be able to Z. So that would be the next step for us. So you can even give that, like you're saying the same things, but instead of saying, here's your assignment, go try it on your own. Mm -hmm. You're saying, here's what we will do together next. Even in the free session, even even in in a free free description. Okay. Yep. So you have this desire every good coach does. We want to coach them and give them action items to take. Don't take that away. Your language is only slightly different. Instead of saying, okay, here's what you're going to do next, or here's your accountability, or what are your next steps, right? It's saying, here are our next steps. Okay. It's the only difference. So here are our next steps. And they are taking action. They've Mm -hmm. got the steps. We come back together to meet for a little check-in phone call. Mm -hmm. Right? They're not clients yet. Or maybe they're thinking about it. Okay. So let's say. We're going to cover this next. But yes, keep going. (laughs) 
they're, they're, you know, calling, um, you know, maybe at the first phone call, they said, I need to think about that. You know, I need to learn a little bit more about you, et cetera. They had some objection. Okay. But we scheduled another call and, you know, they have, they said, yes, I'll be working on these action items. So no, no, don't give them action items. Don't give them any action items. So after- what you say, so can you think of a recent sales call where you gave someone action items? And if so, what were they? Okay. So recently it was a free discovery session and um, it was a little bit more of a consult. Mm-hmm. It, it was just the way it migrated and the way it showed up. It didn't come as a result of the surge stuff exactly. Yeah. But we did work on a few things um, and I did talk about some possibility there, but an example would be, um, you know, she wanted to basically to, to create a description for her, her workshop that she mm-hmm. has coming up mm-hmm. um, to, to make it a little easier to sell. That was one action for her to work on that. Um, another action was to um, consider taking payment bef- before she gives out the link to, for people to show up to the workshop. Uh-huh. Um, okay. because she had been working with people, just a small group that she could trust to mm-hmm. show up and pay her, you know, mm-hmm. but she, she has a desire to grow it a little bit bigger and people that are outside of her immediate circle. And so this was a, a suggestion for me to her, cool. like, Hey, you're going to want to take payment before you give them the link to just jump on, you right. know, you have to spend your time searching for that. Yeah. So that is a great example of an action item you can give her. There's a whole lot for her to figure out around that. Right. <laughs> right. Versus go and write the copy for your workshop. So let me, I'll un, unpack this a little bit. So I'm going to imagine I'm coaching you. These are the two action items. So instead of saying, okay, so your next step is to go and improve your copy for your workshop. Instead, I would say, so our next step together is to get your workshop copy strong enough so that people who don't know you as well still want to attend. The basic structure that I follow is... I'm making this up here, but like is adding more adjectives. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> you don't have enough adjectives, whatever that would be, right? So that would be our next step together. You can start thinking about that if you'd like, but that'll be the next step in our work together. Do you see how that's also an action item? Yeah, uh, yes. But it's not homework. We're now, what basically you're inserting an obstacle. Now she has to go and do that before work, deciding to work with you. Yeah. And right. I think th- for this session, it didn't quite work out that ho- it, it, like as much right. of an obstacle as what it sounds like now, but, right. but yes. Yeah. Like I don't so, want it to be an insurmountable action item. Let me frame it this way for everyone listening. The action items are things for clients to think about. The action they are taking is thinking. Anything else It's either an obstacle to just hiring you and getting the help they really need. Like, okay, I got to go do this first. Or it fools them into thinking they're actually ready to do this on their own, which they're not. They they don't know enough yet. So the action item is some version of, okay, we're going to work on this and feel free to think about what you might name the workshop or feel free to think about uh, grab a workshop description somewhere else that you think is really inspiring. We can work off of that. So it's very much at something to think about so we can hit the ground running when we speak again. The second one about pay- collecting payments before, you might say, there are a lot of solutions to that. I will definitely walk you through how I recommend it. In the meantime, why don't you think about how easy PayPal would be for you? 
So again, like it feels like an action, but you're, they are not moving the needle on their own. Is that helpful? Perfect. Okay. Yeah, I actually really do like that um, approach of having their action items be to consider something, to yeah. go think about that, consider how this might look for you, how it would feel for you. Um, so when we meet next, we can figure it out a little bit further. I mean, that's yeah. essentially what, what we would be doing, figuring yeah. it out a little bit further. Exactly. Great. So yeah, we want to give them a coaching experience, which naturally leads to action items. We just make sure that the action they're taking is to think and prepare rather than to do. Before we end the episode today, I want to just touch base with forgetting to present the invitation. Okay. (laughs) I'm just laughing because I've done it too. Right. Because it's just like, oh, that was so fun. And we got so much value. And I can tell that you're not really ready. So this is fine for now. Right. And we just, or we're running out of time, like all of the reasons why we forget. So, what, um, how can I help you never again forget to present the invitation? Okay. So, one thing I will share is something that I, um, I heard on a recent podcast that you did, which mm-hmm. was, um, and it's really freed me up to be more open to doing it. But my artists, they often need to talk quite a bit and talk through things to get to the point where they feel open enough that they're actually getting the help they want. Like, I don't want to rush that process. Mm -hmm. It's not fun for them. It's not fun for me. Um, I do want to respect their time though. So what you've mentioned is to actually put it up front. If you have a scheduler, like, Hey, don't book anything after this because I want you to get enough. I want you to get the value you deserve from this call Um, You say it a little differently, you know, but don't book anything right after this call, just in case we run over a little bit. I want you to have that space to get what you need. Um, So I think that's a great first step. Um, So I'm not rushing Mm -hmm. to end at the top of the hour Mm -hmm. and it's an un, um, or it's a forced ending instead of a natural ending. Yep. Great. Um, So that's one thing. And then um, I think being clear on what I've, invite them to do next. Uh, Like I think my wording around that is just a little murky and it's probably because I haven't done it quite enough yet. So the Mm -hmm. the client search process will be great because I'm going to get a lot of practice at it. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. in the middle of it right now. Um, But like just being really clear on where I leave things off and what the pickup will be. I want to clearly communicate that to them. Yeah. How how to close the conversation. Great. Feelfully and, and, genuinely feeling and not in a forced rush way. Yep. Got it. So I, you've hit on a great point, having buffer time and letting the client know that this could, we could talk easily up to an hour. So don't book anything after or easily up to 90 minutes. I want you to get value. Number two, the most important thing for me has been to set the agenda in the beginning. So verbalize. Okay. We have about an hour together. We're going to start, I want to get really clear on your goals and what's standing in your way. Then we'll pick something to do some coaching around. I will reserve time at the end for us to talk about how to move forward. So when we have about 20 minutes left, we'll shift into that so you know where you stand, you have clarity on your very next steps, and you see where you can get support moving forward. How does that sound? They always say yes, and now you're locked in. You have to shift to the invitation because you've already promised you're going to. Right. Right. If you have to, in the beginning, set a timer. So 20 minutes to the hour, a little bell goes off and then you can wrap things up and, and just narrate what you're doing. 
right? We have about 15 or 20 minutes left. I want to make sure we have time to talk about next steps. So let's do that now. And then we don't have to try to be all graceful and smooth, right? Just narrate what you're doing. That's the most graceful that. and smooth way to transition into this into the invitation. Um, and then the last piece would just be they should to remind yourself that they should not feel totally comfortable when you invite. Here's what I mean. Like why like I'm only going to commit to change if I'm uncomfortable. If I'm comfy, I'm I'm cool. I'm not going to choose to change. Change sucks. So if you're sensing that it's awkward or they feel tension, good. They are are not going to make a move if they do not feel tension. So letting go of your judgments about what this means, right? Because I think what's happening, because it happens for a lot of coaches, is we feel that tension. And so then we try to fill the gap. Like, ooh, this wasn't smooth enough. Ooh, I need to wrap up this conversation differently. This This has to feel better to both of us. If it feels better, you've popped the tension bubble, and now they do not feel a desire to change. So it should feel a little weird. Okay. It should feel a little weird. So I invite them to work with me. Mm -hmm. They are thinking about it. I'm Mm -hmm. quietly, patiently letting them think about it. Yep. They say, I need to think about it. Yep. They actually tell, communicate that or something similar. Yep. And I say, okay, cool. We're still going to meet in a week or some small time frame, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll, I'm like, what, what am I telling him we're doing next? <laughs> yeah, great. So what I often say is something like, I totally understand that you need to think about it, right? I, I don't, but. Uh, uh, a lot of people do think about their decisions before they make them. It's probably a good quality, <laughs> right? So we're scheduled to meet again on Thursday. Let's just take a moment to get really clear on what questions you need to answer for yourself in order to show up on Thursday feeling really clear about how you'd like to move forward. So we create an action plan around the thing they're thinking about. So it's not just a nebulous, let me think about it right? So just, and I'll write them down for you. I'll email them to you after our call today. But what questions do you want to find answers to in order to feel great about moving forward? And the the subjects are about moving forward, working together. Yes. Yep. Okay. Great. And then they'll tell you and you jot them down and that goes in the invite letter that you send to them. Okay. Great. Fabulous. This was really fun. I hope it was helpful for you, Kate. Yeah, definitely. Um, Some really beautiful gems in here and ways to um, tweak my current process so that it it works better. Great. So for me, my biggest takeaways are set an agenda. Don't, uh, Don't judge the tension as being problematic. It's supposed to be there. Don't assume that they have the money or don't find out which track they want to take the conversation down when you begin. And don't let your uh, packages get in the way (laughs) of their success. Your packages can be really simple. That was awesome. I'm so glad you joined us today. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's always fun to dig into the things that stop us, right, from moving forward in our own businesses. We'll see you next week.
Thanks again for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. That's the best way you can show your support. I'd also love to connect on Instagram. So go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or maybe a photo of yourself listening along to the podcast. Post it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to mention me. I'm at Dallas Travers and I'll send some Instagram love right back at you. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Until then, keep going on your six-figure journey.